Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. We're still seeing quite well through that haze. E equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. Tear This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I'm your co-host, Ryan Treasure. Welcome to the show. We have a really fantastic guest joining us today, Mr. David Libman, uh, lawyer by practice, but author of 100 Reality Checks. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. A hundred reality checks. hundred reality checks. That's Not a one, a hundred. That's a hundred, right. So what, is, what does that mean? Uh, the idea for the book came about from um, maybe in some way getting annoyed by things. You, you, you know, you walk into a coffee shop or something like that, or you'll see a commercial, and there'll be some sort of catchy phrase up there that sounds uh, incredibly optimistic and wonderful, like uh, love is all you need or something like that, right. which sounds great. Um, <laughs> But the, I've never seen like a coffee shop that will actually take love as payment for the cup of coffee, for example. <laughs> so, um, you know, being a lawyer, I, I think part of the nature of, of being that kind of person who is a lawyer, you're always sort of questioning things and questioning proof. And so I, I started making this list of uh, it, originally I was calling them quotes. And then somebody pointed out to me, they're not really quotes. They're kind of reality checks. So um we made the book like it looks like a checkbook, and each little reality check is on a on an illustrated check, kind of like a children's book for adults. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm looking at some of your press material too, and it, as you kind of go through, it's like, oh, for starters, hey, if you made it this far, you've already judged this book by its cover, so let's not pretend book covers matter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We all know when we walk into the bookstore, everybody says, don't judge it by its cover. But I know that I walk to the books that somehow intrigue me for some reason or another because of how they look. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're definitely judging it. Look at the front and then flip it over, look at the back, read that. And then from, from that information, you kind of make a decision on, all right, do I, am I going to purchase this to read it or, or what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> Exactly. I don't see a lot of people walking through the store, ignoring the covers and just reading the inside flaps, describing uh, what the book's about. Right, right. And, and so that sort of captures the theme of many things in the book, where it sort of questions these assumptions that we would love to think are true, but maybe aren't true. And it's not to say so much that the reality checks in my book are, are, or are absolute truths, but it is to say that you should at least question when somebody tells you something as though it were absolutely true or believable, whether oh, that's actually the case. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about you, a little bit about your legal career. Uh, you've got a very impressive uh, uh, bio. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about uh, who David Libman is? Oh, thank you. Um, I've been a lawyer, I guess I'm in my 18th year of practice now. I, I have a solo practice here in Orange County in Southern California. Uh, most of what I do is litigation, uh, and maybe 40% is transactional. Um, and it's a lot of business and real estate issues and some estate planning. And, uh, you know, I always say the litigation is sort of like the harder way to get to a deal. I mean, most of the time you're trying to resolve disputes ultimately. So, um, 
keeps me out of trouble. It's a very interesting profession, and uh, I've been doing it enough that I think I'm sick enough that I actually enjoy being a lawyer a lot. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. What are some uh, yeah. What are some interesting things? You know, like just to kind of fill in uh, a day in the life of David uh, when you, when you get up and you go to work. How does your how do, How does you being a lawyer and and the 100 reality checks kind of you know co mingle or, or cohabitate in your world? I think it's a it's a great question. I mean, one thing that comes up a lot is um, people will come to me say, and they're going to start a business, and they have our plans on how they're going to set up the business, uh, who they're going to partner with, how much money they think they're going to make. And um, sometimes I have to be almost in the position of reigning on the parade a little bit or helping people to get realistic about what might work because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you get somebody that comes in and they, uh, you know, one of my quotes uh, is that, uh, and I got to find the exact quote, but it's about a restaurant. It's, it says being a great cook does not always mean you can successfully run a restaurant. Um, and the reason I have that reality check in there is, you know, let's say you're a good cook. Everybody comes over to dinner. They say you're a good cook and you decide to take your life savings and invest in a restaurant mm-hmm. and you go to the lawyer and you're like, you're going to set up the, uh, the lease and you're going to set up your LLC and you're going to hire a bunch of people and, and invest your entire life savings plus loans from people. And that could be a very bad idea because maybe you've never actually worked in the restaurant business. Maybe you don't know all of those things that have to do with running a restaurant mm-hmm. that have absolutely nothing to do with being a great cook. All the ancillaries, so, right. You know, a lot of what I'm doing is, is trying to help people understand sort of the intricacies and realities of how those things work so that they can make more reasonable decisions for themselves. Yeah, you gotta that's be real about that stuff. There's so much involved to running a business. You know, it's not just about Oh, I've got talent here. I'm yeah. going to start a business. Well, Jeff, you you run a business. You you're the mm-hmm. CEO of Voice America. And I don't know how many times you've made the comment like you're you know your best salesperson isn't necessarily like the best sales manager. Exactly you know? right. Uh, and so I guess that fits into the same realm of just because you can cook doesn't mean that you know how to operate the yeah. you know the actual business. So what you need to have is you have your MBA and be able to cook right, so you can do all that. <laughs> And, you know, we all learn from mistakes. You know, most of these things in here are something where I learned from either a mistake I made or seeing a mistake that somebody else made. I mean, yep. so there is a value to that, I suppose. And, uh, you know, the hard knocks of life, uh, you learn things. Hopefully you come out uh, differently. So, you know, part of the goal is to get people to kind of question these things or examine them before they just uh, assume that something's true. Right. What are you looking at there, Ryan? Yeah, I was going to say, David, how do you define success? Um, for me, I, I think that I would define success as, um, first of all, having a decent family life and being healthy. I think those are actually the two most important things. Uh, I think you need to have enough money um, to not have to worry about money all the time. You know, if you get to a point where if, if, if money is, has to be your total focus because you don't have enough, that that's a problem. So I, I think when you've got a certain amount of freedom, you've got a nice family life and you've got nice health, that's probably pretty successful. So let's see here. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a a, a section out of this uh, material on success. Right, you have a piece that's like on page eight or nine. Right, we hear many platitudes about what it takes to be successful. Too many of them suggest that you can achieve any success with enough determination, but that's unrealistic. Maybe so, maybe not. Most paths to success require objective thinking about how to achieve your goals. I, like I think that. that's 
Yeah, and that, that's an example of each chapter has an introduction. So that's sort of the platform for yeah. some of those success quotes I have. So, you know, for example, one of them that I have, which I think is important, is um, pain is not always required for gain. Yeah. It's possible to succeed without suffering. And I actually got that one I, before I was an attorney. I used to be a professional uh, musician for years. And Ooh. you would meet a lot of musicians where it was almost like, it seemed like they were conducting their lives sometimes in a way where they felt like they had to suffer uh, to succeed. And they, that was always kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> seems, like, seems like you've had uh, a well-rounded uh, life going on. Uh, what were you doing in the music biz? Uh, for years, I was a professional drummer. So I was in Southern California, and I would uh, play a lot of local gigs. I would do some tours. I was even on a television show in the house band for a little while. Excellent. Well, You're just a regular yeah, Renaissance man. Metallica, Pantera. <laughs> what, 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 was your, uh, what was your drum style? Time uh, jazz is my favorite music to play. Oh, you but go. when you're a freelancer, you play everything because well, <laughs> you need to make money. And uh, so whatever comes to the door. But but these days I still do it as a hobby and I pretty much only play jazz. There you at go. This point. There you go. Yeah. Nice. I like jazz drums. Always very soothing. Drum, yeah. drum, right? That that actually feeds in. I was looking at this section where you're talking about success, right? Practice almost never makes perfect. It makes better, which is still an excellent goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell my kid that all the time. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm like, look, I'm not telling you to be perfect. I just want you to do better, right? Try harder, do better. You know, no one, no one's perfect. Uh, how does, how does, how does that you know, interact with, uh, you know, your, your lawyer skills. Like how do you, how do you practice to be better? Um, well, it's, it's funny you should say it because it, it was a few years into practicing the law where I realized that that's what they say about lawyers, that you, you practice the law. Just like, it's almost a scary thought, but doctors practice medicine. And I think there's a notion in using that particular word practice that assumes that, that you're not perfect, that you're not all knowing and that, a lot of what you're doing is you're, you're taking a shot at something and hoping that it's gonna work. And of course, the more experience you get, the more knowledge you get, um, hopefully you'll, you'll get it right more of the time. But like with any profession where you deal with people, just like you guys are dealing with people, you're interviewing people, you're in business, mm -hmm. people are unpredictable, uh, results unpredictable. So there is that idea that um, you got to practice and you got to build up experience and you got to see what works and what doesn't work. And he, something could work nine times and the 10th time it may not work anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's that. You're talking exactly what we go through every single day with our radio talk show hosts and what we deal with consistently. You're 100% right. You know, nothing happens overnight. Practice, you got to do, you got to practice, you got to make the adjustments work with the stats, everything that you have to, you know, put forth to make a successful venture. Yeah, and I think the, exactly. the most important thing is just deciding to do, right? Making that decision to, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're starting a radio show, whether you're, you know, any of that, you've got you've to step off the cliff, you know, you got to well, take a dive. That's, that's the starting point. It's everything around it that you got to make sure you're honed in on. Well, it's interesting you say that thing of deciding to do because I do see that a lot in my practices. A lot of times people are looking to me for decisions because for some reason or another they're stuck and can't make a decision. And of course I try to make I try to help them make the best decision, but a lot of times just making the decision 
just the fact that it's a decision helps to move things in a more positive direction because at least you've got certainty you know right or wrong you've at least made a decision and aren't just vacillating and sitting and not moving in a direction so that's a that's a very interesting point you make there yeah and i think that's a saying that goes around too you know not making a decision is is worse than making the wrong decision right yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Because you, you've ultimately made a decision when you don't make a decision, but you've sort of given up control because you haven't you haven't taken ownership of it. By the way, the word of the day is uh, vacillating. <laughs> <laughs> I pick well, out go. I pick out words of the day with our interviews. There's always a. Uh, a key word that just catches my attention. and That was a good one. Yes, it was. Yeah. Good, good job, <laughs> David. Funny. Okay. Sorry to throw that in there. It's just, you know. So, David, as we kind of, hey. as we kind of, you know, round out our 15 minutes here for our interview, let's, let's talk about the book. Where can people, where can people get the book? Uh, where, where, where is it? So it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available on barnesandnoble.com. Uh, if you go to the website, 100realitychecks.com, there's a bunch of other sort of online marketplaces where you can order it. Um, and uh, my son is graduating college animation major. He did a lot of the uh, animation for it. So the nice thing about the book is it's not like a it's not a difficult read. It's, it's, you know, basically one reality check per page and it's illustrated and you could open it to any page and it's kind of like a coffee table book and it approximates the size of a checkbook. So you could stick it in your pocket too. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. I mean, very, very creative and you know, with your background in law, with your background in music, I can, I can tell that you had a, a really good time with the creative process of putting this together. I, I did have a good time. I always feel no matter what you're doing, no, uh, what profession, people like to be entertained. I know I like to be entertained, so yeah, it's, it, it tries to be entertained. All the time. So, Maybe so, I'm just immature, but I, I do like to be entertained. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think we all like to be entertained. On a exactly. legal level, um, what would you like people to know or what would they get in touch with you for? Uh, people would get in touch with me... Um, Certainly, if they've got a dispute, a lawsuit, something they're trying to resolve where they've reached an impasse or they feel they're approaching an impasse, I, I think that in some way has become my specialty is I'm pretty good at helping with negotiations and helping to move things towards a resolution. Um, and that is the, the sort of thing where I talk about it's, you know, it's practice. You have to just keep trying and trying and seeing what works and being willing to, if something doesn't work, go back again and try again and, until you get a resolution. So it's basically uh, David Libman helping people make uh, decisions uh, since nineteen uh, two thousand one. When did you When did you become a lawyer? <laughs> Actually, you nailed it on the head. I became oh. a lawyer in two thousand one. Right. Be- it was an, definitely an interesting time to get out into the job market. <laughs> the but, California uh, bar. Yeah. Well, you can. Whoever sent me this paperwork uh, did a good job. I took it right from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next yeah. for David Libman? Uh, for that's an interesting question. So I've written the book. Uh, you know, the book is sort of a creative endeavor. I'm at this stage in my career where I, I enjoy being a lawyer. I'm definitely going to do it uh, for the rest of my career. I have no plans to switch anything on that. I think I am moving more towards uh, part of my practice of 
uh, I'd like to do a little bit more mediation too, where instead of necessarily representing one side uh, in a dispute where I'm the guy in the middle that helps people come together. So that's, that's part of the reason I wrote the book is I'm looking to expand that part of my practice where I'm the neutral mediator and people come and hopefully I can help them solve their disputes. That's cool. Very nice. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your day to join us here on Finding Your Frequency. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Libman, thank you for joining us. 100realitychecks.com. Go check out the website. Uh, go get the book. It's definitely fantastic. I've read about half of it, uh, and I will be reading the rest of it uh, so I can make sure I have my 100 reality checks in place. Uh, check us out all over social media, uh, the website for the radio show, findingyourfrequency.net, and of course, at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2. You can follow all the Voice America action on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Finding Your Frequency right here on VoiceAmerica.com.